Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. What a powerful touch of God. What a powerful touch of the Lord. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Sister Kaylin, for leading us in that tonight. Amen. Strongholds are broken. We've been made free. Somebody say amen. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, we will also read from the book of Mark, chapter 16, as well as the book of Acts, chapter 1. Amen. Want the Lord to move here tonight? He's already moved. He's already here, the wave of God. I want to say we are so glad to have Brother and Sister Barsati, Sister Zion Barsati, all the way back from Asia. You'll be hearing from him in a few moments. He's going to be preaching for us in a few weeks here on a Sunday. And so thankful for them. They are going to be deputizing. We want to pray for the work in, in Asia, what God is doing. And so thankful for them. You did so well yesterday. Um, Friday, honoring your father. Recently passed away. You can tell he, he had the love and, of the church that's there, Christian Life Center, and how they loved him. What a great turnout. And you said it so well. It's not how you start a race. It's how you end it. His dad didn't start the race well, but he ended well. Let that be said of all of us tonight. Let's end well. Bumps in the road, things go wrong, but I'm going to end well. Somebody say end well. Amen. And so, uh, um, Sister Zion, the hand of the Lord's on you. And the Lord has seen lonely nights that seemingly were against you, but it's there that you began to learn the voice of the Lord and you developed a relationship with God. I say publicly tonight do not be afraid because you're young. Your youth is not against you. It's absolutely everything that's for you because it creates dependence on the Lord. And He hears you when you pray and what you pray because you pray selflessly instead of selfishly. Because you pray selflessly, the Lord hears you and will answer your prayer. If you do pastor a favor, put me near the top of your prayer list, okay? And my wife and my kids because I trust your prayers. Aren't we so thankful for her? Amen. Come up here with Pastor. Come here for a minute. Zion, run, run up here. Let me, let me just say this. When, when her daddy was dying, and her mom couldn't get downstairs because she was so sick, this young lady, are you 15? Boy, you had to correct me, didn't you? You had to correct me. 16 years old, dad was literally dying, couldn't even speak, her dad. Y'all know that. We prayed for him. Called a 24-hour prayer for him. Many thousands around the world were praying. Ashley was so sick she couldn't get downstairs. Zion's going from mom, dad. Mom's too sick to move and dad's too sick to breathe. And uh, we were talking. I said, call the ambulance. She had to be there. And I could hear people in the background moaning because they knew their pastor was dying right before their eyes. But somehow, this young lady kept the faith and believed and stepped in when mom and dad needed it the most. Aren't we thankful for her? I pray a blessing over your life. Let there be a holy anointing that rests upon your spirit. (laughs) Lord, we thank you for what we feel. Go ahead and love him, Sister Zion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've never seen anybody anointed that didn't come through some level of pain and suffering. The Lord is upon you. You believe what I'm telling you is true? Say amen. Amen. God bless her. Let's thank God for her. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, somebody say all power. Jesus said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Somebody say amen. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, you find um, in Mark chapter 16, it is also the writing of the same moment, and it is verse 15. It's the same moment. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. He is telling those that are with him about 500. He's, Mark puts it in his words. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that actually means person. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a creature. Amen. Why did that feel so good? I don't know, but this felt good in the King James Version. Go you there, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody say amen. He says in verse 16, he that believeth, here he brings baptism again, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Let's go to the book of Acts where this, this scripture is actually unfolds. And it's the book of Acts chapter one in verse eight. But ye shall receive power. This, this is the same writing. It's, it's the same quoting of the same moment of right before his ascension where he's commissioning his disciples. But ye shall receive what? Power. Luke writes the same, but I'm not going to read Luke. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Um... Matthew said, go ye therefore teach all nations. Mark said, go unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. When Luke writes, Luke typically in his writing is more descriptive. He's more detailed. That's why we like his Christmas story better. How many know that? Luke's very descriptive, very observant, but he, he lays it out a little, little, uh, little more detailed. I don't want to say better because it's the word of God. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and then what? And unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Over the years, I've heard Matthew 28, 19 called the Great Commission. The reality is, is Matthew 28, 19, uh, Mark 16, 15, Luke 24, 47, and Acts 1, 8 are all accounts of the same moment and they are all the Great Commission. Let there be an amen. And it was simply this. Take the gospel to the world. Take the gospel to the world. It's not just for you, Timothy. Paul even writes. It won't only save you, but it's also going to save them that what? Hear you. Everybody say the power is in the gospel. I'd like to preach to you for a few moments, if I can today, on simply the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Clap your hands and praise Him all over the field. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I, I sat down with a... Uh, a fellow believer one time, and the question came, and it was this, where did the church begin? Where did it begin? Luke 24, in his writing of this same moment, he made it like this. He said, then opened he their understanding that they, y'all better get comfortable or I'm gonna waste a minute and a half up here. You know, I was raising this all my life. I never hardly heard the first five minutes preacher ever said. Because it made you stand so long during praise and worship. Then you finally get comfortable. You're not listening to anything you said. You're just thinking, I'm so glad I'm sitting down. I mean, no, it's the truth. It's the truth. Situating your purse. Well, I never had a purse, but that, you ladies in here. Yeah. 
getting comfortable and looking around. Amen. Amen. I, um, I got ready. When you look at the writing of Luke, he writes it this way. He said, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And goes on the rights and he says, in Luke 24, he said, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning, everybody say beginning, at Jerusalem. Then wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, you've heard of me. And uh, uh, he goes on and talks about these things in Luke that talks about endued with power from an eye. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. When you see the writing of Luke, he said it's going to begin at Jerusalem. So when Jesus is ascending from the Mount of Olives, he tells those 500, go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from an eye. Luke writes that he said it's going to begin there. It's not going to end there. It's going to be a starting point of my church. I asked a man one time, I said, where do you believe the church began? Oh, he said, he said, it, it began with Jesus walking with his disciples. I said, well, it couldn't be. It couldn't be that he, it, it happened before Pentecost. There was no church before Pentecost. Why? Because in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said to his disciples, up on this rock, I will. That's future tense. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Can I say to you, I asked somebody else, I said, where, where did the church begin? Well, maybe it started in the supper room. It started with the last supper with his disciples. It couldn't have been there either. Why? Because John 7 and 38 and 39, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Somebody say rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit that they which believe on him should receive. You don't want to miss this. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. If you have a church started before Calvary happened, you've got a church that has no spirit. Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. If you have a church that began before Calvary, before Jesus shed his blood, you've got a church with no blood and no remission and no spirit. Luke says, after Calvary, after, during the ascension, Luke says, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. If you have a church that starts before Calvary, you have a church that has no understanding of the word, they have no spirit, and they have no blood. Can I tell you that the church happened after Calvary? The church was started after Jesus died, he was buried and resurrected. I think you ought to thank God for the church. It is the time that fulfillment, that the time has been fulfilled. That Christ, if you would look at the Old Testament, if you could take a big red arrow and you could stab this and thread that line all the way through the Old Testament, you know what it was pointing at? It was pointing at Calvary. When Jesus would give his life for you and me to be the substitute for every man's sins. I just feel this today. Next, this coming Friday is Good Friday. It marks the day that he died. He took nails in his hands and his feet. He didn't have to. He took a crown of thorns on his head. He didn't have to, but he did. You know why? Because he loves every single person in this building and he died so you can live. He shed his blood so you can be forgiven. Amen. He, he resurrected on Easter Sunday so you can resurrect and have a hope. Somebody say amen. Praise the name of the Lord. If it hadn't been for the Lord, where would we be? We would be lost, we would be undone, but Calvary made a difference. Calvary changed everything for us. Somebody say amen. And so, you have to get beyond Calvary. Next Sunday, hard to believe next week it's gonna be Easter Sunday. So excited about it. I hope every one of you are bringing guests to your church, whether it's here or, or another campus. Hope you're bringing somebody with you because typically in the United States, you get to preach the gospel to the most people all year in one service. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you better be bringing somebody. Somebody say amen. And so everybody say it began there. It was not supposed to end there. He was so emphatic in his writings that Matthew talks about it. Mark talks about it. Luke talks about it. And then the book of Acts is recorded as well about it. What is it? It's that the gospel would be preached to the world. He told them, he said, it's going to begin, somebody say begin, at Jerusalem. And then he writes, it's going to go from Jerusalem to all of of Judea, and then into what? Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. It's going to start in a city, it's going to spread to the next region, and then it's going to go to the next state, and then it's going to go to the world. It's going to be to the Jew and then also Jew first and then also to the Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Matter of fact, preceding that, preceding that verse, he said, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You cannot separate God from his word. When you are preaching the gospel, you are preaching the power of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then he said, let there be light, and there was light. Could I say to every believer, every preacher in the building, there is something that happens when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is powerful all by itself is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. I come to preach to you that we are committed to the great commission and that is to get the gospel to every single person. We can get the gospel. If you remove the gospel, you remove truth. If you remove truth, there is no ability to be set free. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. But in his prayer in John 17 and 17, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Can I say to you, if your preacher's preaching, don't set on truth. Amen the truth. And it'll change your life. It'll change your home. It'll change your family. There's power. In the gospel, clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got a goal tonight. It's to impact, encourage every preacher, every pastor in the room. But we don't just need preachers in pulpits. We need saints in neighborhoods that know how to spread the good news of Jesus Christ because there's power in it. I think somebody ought to jump your feet, clap your hands and say, there's power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel. Hallelujah. Look at three people before you see it and say, you do not well if you do not tell. The power, the power. Somebody shout, there's power. In the gospel, we sing about there's power in the blood. We sing about the, we talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. But don't ever forget the power of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was, he was a new convert here. He was Brother Noe Berrientos' nephew. He came to this church, would drive from Elkhart, Indiana to come to the church where God saved him. I'll never forget one day, he couldn't speak English, but he told Brother Noe and interpreted at one of the restaurants. He said, I need to tell Brother Bounds, pastor, what I had in my dream. He said, he had a dream about me. And he said, in the dream, he said, he said, why do you preach the way you preach? And in the dream, I said, because I feel like I'm on fire. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can I tell you? It's been quite a few years, but I still feel like I'm on fire. I feel like Jeremiah, he said, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. 
Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let me preach to you for a few minutes. When you study the scripture, you'll find that the Bible talks a lot about bones. Everybody say bones. The bones of Jesus Christ. Prophecy says that not one of his bones would be broken. Oh, not one of his bones. Matter of fact, when they would come on a crucifixion and if they were not, not dead yet at a certain period, they would break their legs so they could no longer stand up. Stand up to get their breath. It would cause them to suffocate and die because on the cross, you had to bend yourself up to get a breath. Then the pain of the feet would hurt with the nails and then they would weaken down until they're holding themselves by the pain of the hand. They would start suffocating and lift up. Only way to kill, to finish them off sooner was to break their leg. It was a, it was a torment. But the Bible says not one of his bones would be broken. Let me help you understand why. Because it's the bones of a man. That the marrow of a man is what produces the blood of a person. And he he had it in scripture. Don't mess with his bones because the bones of that spotless lamb was gonna produce the blood of perfection that was gonna wash away the sins of an entire world. It's gonna wash away the sins of millions. It's gonna wash away the sins of billions. Can I tell you, his blood still flows today. His blood still is alive today. We are remitted by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. There was something significant about the bones. that Hebrews records what was referred to in Genesis is that when Joseph was dying, Joseph, that his bow reached beyond the wall. When Joseph was dying, he gave commandment concerning his bones. And he said, don't leave my bones in Egypt. Take them to the promised land. And the Bible says it was accounted to him for faith. When Elisha died, Elisha died. He was almost double the miracles that Elijah had. They took him and they put him in a sepulcher. They put him in this grave. And the Bible tells us that the last miracle that gave him the double portion miracle is when they were two soldiers. Come on, soldiers. Come here, soldiers. Come on, sir. Grab him. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Get him by the hands. Get him by the feet. You're dead. And they carry him. And there's some soldiers that's chasing him. And they take this dead man that's dead weight because you can only go so far. And they come over. Let's go throw him in the tomb. They put him. What they didn't know, they just were tossing. Don't do it because I, I don't, I don't want to be sued. Amen. By the parents here tonight. But, but put, him, put him in the tomb. They put him in there. And they take off running. I, I want you just to jog down, down that. When he touched the bones of the dead prophet, he got up. And he starts running. Hold on a minute. I don't know about you. If I looked and the dead man was chasing me, I'd probably run just a little bit faster. But what had happened was, is the man of God was dead, but there was still something in his bones. Oh, I feel like preaching to you tonight. When they came into the prophet's, prophet's graveyard, they started burning all the bones of the false prophets. But when they come to the man of God that preached truth, they said, don't touch his bones. Why? Because, oh, let me just give you the revelation. It's the bones that produce the blood. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the word of God is quick and it is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the dividing the sun of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the bones that produce the blood, but it's the bones that receive his word. When it gets in the bones, when it gets down deep inside of you, Something, somebody share those power in the word of God. Something happens, it gets in your spirit. It gets in, your, it gets in the bones that Alzheimer's can't wash away. It gets, in the, it gets in the mind that dementia can't wash away. It gets in there that, that, uh, that walking away from him can't wash away when the word of God is received. Listen to me, let me tell you how to receive the word of God. Open your mouth. 
That didn't go over well like I thought it would. Let's say amen. amen. For the promises of the Lord, the truth of God, they are yea, preached. They are received, amen. Amen. God's word is truth. You receive his word through an amen. You start believing it. It starts doing something to you. Can I tell you what the president can't do, what Buddha can't do, what Muhammad can never do? When you get the name of Jesus, it'll do it. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can crucify him, but you can't keep him. You can take his life. You can bury him, but you can't keep truth down. Truth will always resurrect. Truth will always rise up. Truth will always. Somebody clap their hands and shout hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you gotta get it in the bones. Jeremiah said, nobody's listened to me. I felt that way a few times. Nobody's listened to me. Every time I give them what God tells me to give them, they throw me in prison. Try to kill me. I'm weary. He had a bad day. You ever had a bad day? He goes and sits down and he said, nope, I'm not gonna make mention of his name no more. But he said, but it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. I said I was gonna quit. I said I was gonna stop but there's something that's got a hold of me beyond my circumstance now. There's something that's inside of me. I wish somebody here tonight would fall in love with the truth all over again that you can't wait to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. I wish it would burn in you like a fire. I wish it would burn in you. I wish it would burn in you. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout, it burns like a fire. It gets in the bones. It really does. Bible says that Simon Peter, on the day of Pentecost, they obeyed him. They went to Jerusalem. Everybody say beginning Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem. They prayed. They prayed for hours, all night prayer meeting. All of a sudden, there come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It lit all the house where they were sitting. There appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat up on each of them. When the fire came, they started doing what? They started speaking with other tongues because anytime the fire of God comes, it's gonna open your mouth. Fire and word go together for his word is like a hammer. It's like a fire. God is a consuming fire. It breaketh the rock. It does something. Oh, I feel like preaching for a few moments here tonight. When the cloven tongues like as a fire set up on each of them, they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the word on the inside. That was the fulfillment that was the fulfillment of the law being given in the mountain that was known as Pentecost. It was the word being written in the heart of man. And when the word got in the heart, their mouth began to open and speak the wonderful works of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. But watch this, the Bible says, holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Another place it says when the Holy Ghost fell, they spake the word with boldness. What I'm saying to you is the word of God was never meant to be kept inside of your body. It was never meant to be kept inside of a building. And it was certainly not to be kept inside of a city. It was to start in your heart, change your life, and then come out of your mouth and change everybody else's life. That's the power of the gospel. Somebody shout, there's power in the gospel. And Simon and Peter, they were so trained by Jesus. They had heard the great commission of repentance, baptism, the infilling of the spirit. Go to Jerusalem, wait till you get the power. When you get the power, it's gonna cause you to be a witness unto me in Jerusalem. When they get to Pentecost, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell and all these people start speaking in other tongues. 3,000 added in one day. When they were there, he stood up on the... I'm out of breath. It's my fourth time preaching today. I should be out of breath. But I feel fire in my soul. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost started speaking through them, 
it started speaking out of them. And people started saying, how is it these Galileans can speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and it goes on and mentions Egypt and Arabia. It starts talking about the Persian Empire. People had come, Jews from all over the world. When they got there, they said, what meaneth this? Same question as manna, it's bread from heaven. What meaneth this? The Holy Ghost is the word of God. Somebody shout amen. amen. You can't separate God from his word. And when, when, when what, what is this? And the Bible says Simon Peter stood up with the 11. No preacher should have to stand up alone. You gotta stand up with the 11. Come here for Brother Barsati and stand up with me. On the day of Pentecost, they were all given the great commission. One had the key. His name was Simon Peter. He was gonna unlock the church. He was gonna unlock the door. He was gonna, he's the first one. God had given him power. Power over devils, power over spirits, power over principalities, power over false doctrines, power over traditions. There's more to this than just preaching. There comes power with the preacher. It's more, I'm telling you that God gives him power. Power, power, power. You know why there's power? Because when you preach truth and they believe, heaven responds. Stay with me, don't, let me, don't leave me by myself. When you preach and they believe, heaven responds. You preach, they believe, heaven responds. And when he preached and he answered, watch what he does. He uses the only scripture that's available is the Old Testament. New Testament's not written yet. And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, he had what? Understanding of the scriptures. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I'm gonna pour my spirit upon all flesh. My, I wish there were some pastors in this room would run up. If you're a pastor, run up here and help you, pastor. Run up here and help. I need to stand up with the 11 right now. Come on, run up here with me for a minute. He stood up with the 11. He stood up with the 11. Cause it's not about one preacher. Because one preacher can't do it all. It's about all the preachers getting together. It's one voice. It's one gospel. They contended to the faith which was once delivered to the saints. It's everybody preaching together. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And when he started preaching, y'all need to get a little closer. I, I, I don't like being by myself anymore. Oh, y'all might as well stand with me for a minute. And he got up on the day of Pentecost. This is that which is spoken by the prophet. In the last day, saith God, I'm going to pour my spirit. And he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. He talked about Calvary. He went in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. And he said, this same Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, it's bigger than me. And everybody shout, what shall we do? That's sort of how it happened. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, oh, they were primed and ready. This is the moment that Jesus told them about. This is the moment that they've been waiting for. They've been endued with power, but it wasn't power just to feel good. It wasn't power just to talk in tongues. The power of Pentecost was about to be released in one sermon, in one moment. You're about to see the power to people that's never heard it. It's gonna change. He is about to start, not finish. He's about to start the great commission. And when he gets up, they had heard Jesus say to him, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Up on this rock, I will build my church. They know that he had the revelation of who Jesus was. And they knew that he had the key to unlock the grace dispensation that would take place until Jesus would return. And when he was preaching, they were with him. They had their hand cocked. They had their amen ready. They had their prayer behind him. I'm not leaving my pastor by myself. There was, there was something about to happen. Hallelujah. You know why you're excited when I preach about the gospel? Because you know it works. Because you've seen it happen. You see what God can do. And here it was. Here it was. Then Peter said unto them, repent. I think sometimes we read that verse just a little bit too fast. Repent. 
Because that's exactly what John the Baptist who prepared the way of the Lord preached. He preached repentance. Oh, you wonderful pastors, remember this. You take repentance out of your preaching, you'll have no conversion. You can baptize a bunch of people, but they better have repented or baptism doesn't work. Let there be an amen. amen. Repent. Turn from your sin. He didn't come to save you in your sin. He came to save you from your sin. Repent. First words out of Jesus' mouth when he started preaching was this. Repent or you shall all likewise perish. You can turn. That's the power of the gospel. You might be a drunk, but you don't have to die drunk. You might be a gambler, but you don't have to die a gambler. You might be a cheater, but you don't have to. There's power in it. Hallelujah. Because he died, you can live. Because he died, you can come out free. Because he died, you can live a right. You can be saved. You can change. But he didn't stop at faith and repentance. Here, remember what Jesus said. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. Amen. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. We're fulfilling these verses. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And watch what he says in Acts 2.38. Put it up on the wall, Acts 2.38. He said, then Peter said, repent. Somebody shout, repent. repent. It's important. And then he said, the guy with the key, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It's a powerful thing. I've seen, I've seen versions that said that mean forgiveness of sins, but that's not what it means. There's a difference between forgiveness and remission. Forgiveness means you're forgiven. Remission means I'm gonna treat you as if it never happened. It's gone. That's what baptism does. That's what the blood. Matthew 26, 28. Jesus said, this is my blood in the New Testament. That's what he said. Jesus said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then he said this, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? For this promise is unto you. It's to your children. And all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And when he is preaching, they watched for the first time Calvary impact a, congregate, a multitude. It was the first time the gospel in the new dispensation had been preached. It was by Simon Peter. And when they watched it happen, the Bible says 3,000 people gave their life to God that day and they stood in line and got baptized. And 3,000 were added to the church in one day. Somebody shout amen. But it's not supposed to stay in Jerusalem. We got preachers that we can send in every direction. You know why we've done preacher training for 18 years? Leadership training for 18 years? You know why we've took absolutely amazing, gifted preachers and we, we told them you can't stay here. There's a city that needs to be reached because we believed in the man and we believed in the gospel. What's the good is the gospel folded up on a shelf, sitting there, and nobody talking about it? He called you to preach the gospel. And that's why we put a Bible in a man's hand, anoint him as pastor, and said the children need to hear it. We had a youth pastor and said, we need you to preach the gospel to the young people. We need you to preach the gospel to the seniors. Are you ready? McConnellsville needs the gospel. And if it worked in Zanesville, it'll work in McConnellsville. If it worked in Zanesville, it'll work in Crooksville. If it works in Zanesville, it works in Cambridge. Can you say amen? I come to tell you today, it's the Great Commission. We have multiplied ourselves. If it works here in Jerusalem, it's gonna work in Kishofton. And it's working. And it's working. And if it works in the United States of America, it can work in a communist country where they don't believe. Because there's power in the gospel. There's power. 
There's power. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel. Preach the gospel, preachers. Preach the gospel, preachers. Preach the gospel. There's a life-changing power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel. Now it's not just Simon Peter preaching. Now you got multitudes being reached. Where? Judea. Where? Samaria. Where? It's not just in Zanesville. It got outside the county somehow. Spreads like fire. Look at your neighbor and say, get near me, you're going to catch on fire. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. I, do. I don't know if y'all can relate with it, but I think you can. When these guys are praying for Sunday and the Lord drops a word in their spirit and they sit down at that desk and they're studying, they're reading, they're driving the truck down the road and the Holy Ghost is brewing in them. Every now and then they got to pull over, tears cry because it speaks to them. And they start saying, thank you for the word. I'm going to give them what you gave me to give them. I'm going to share the word. Come on, there's power. It doesn't come from man. Paul said, it came from Jesus Christ. He said, I got revelation from God. I'm telling you what God is saying. Oh my goodness, run up here, Sister Zion. Just because you're a girl doesn't mean you can't share the gospel. Come on. Just because you're 16. I preached my first message when I was 11. When I was 16, my 16th birthday, God called me to preach. He told me, he said, I didn't heal your feet to be like everybody else. He said, I call you to preach the gospel. I want you to care, I want your feet. He told me, he said, that's why I healed your feet. He said, because I want you to carry, carry the gospel. Listen to me, Zion. There's people only you can reach. Pastor can't reach from here. I don't understand the culture. Could I plead with somebody in the building? There's a county somewhere that I'll never reach. There's a county, there's a place somewhere that Simon Peter can't ever reach. There's a, there's a place somewhere the Apostle Paul can't reach. It's for you first, but then there's somebody waiting on you. There's somebody that's been praying that God would just send me somebody. Would just send me somebody and tell me how to get out of this situation. Come on, there's somebody in Macedonia saying, come help us. And their deliverance is not going to come through philosophy or Plato or Socrates or Hollywood perversion or politician. It's not coming from those things. I appreciate what our politicians do and I appreciate everyone that's a believer. But it's the gospel that changes families. It's the gospel that changes lives. <laughs> Young people, I challenge you tonight to fall out of love with video games and fall in love with the gospel. I challenge every one of you young marrieds here tonight, fall out of love with Hollywood and entertainment and fall in love with the gospel. I've come to tell some young person, some young kid, fall in love with the gospel. Why? It gets inside. You can't remove the gospel because there's power in it like nothing else. I gave my life to this. I'll die preaching. Oh, brother, Luke, I know it works. You having marriage problems? Go to church and listen to preaching. The answer's in the message. You having mental problems? Go to church and listen to the preaching. The answer's in the message. Because everything we need is in that book. In the book. My grandmother, old age, there was days she didn't know who I was or where she was. She didn't know who, where. I'll never forget. She comes to church one Sunday. My dad have her sing. She'd be the day before looking for Uncle Martin that's been gone for 40 years. She'd get up in church, she'd sing, What would I do without Jesus? He's the shepherd of my valley. I couldn't walk this road alone. Never miss a word. She'd get up and she'd quote verses. She'd quote stories. She'd quote the power of God because there was something inside of her 
that memory could not erase. It gets in the bones. His name was Lewis Hera. He pastored the church where I preached many years. Years ago, he's before me. And in his older age, they found out he had dementia. And they took him. Oh, God. Can I have just a few moments? I promise I'm almost done. Brother Versailles is going to pray for us, and the Holy Ghost is going to come on us in a mighty way. But they asked old Brother Hera in his elder age who had dementia. They set him down beside his wife, and they said, Mr. Hera, they said, do you know what day it is? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He said he looked up, looked up with a puzzled look in his eye, and he said, I don't know what day it is. You know what month it is? January, February, March, April went down the line. He said, I don't know what month it is. He said, the lady that sat beside you, do you know her name? And he turned around and looked at his wife, looked back at the man and said, I don't know her name. He said, here's a piece of paper. Mr. Hera slid the paper to him and he said, I want you to write something on there that you do know. He grabbed his pen, began to write and took a moment, began to write on that piece of paper. When he stopped writing, the doctor said to him, would you tell me what you wrote on that piece of paper? And then this is how it went. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, this is one thing I do know. It's for you. <laughs> it's for you. It's for you. It's for your neighbor. It's for your children. It's for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's why we believe in missions. That's why we believe in you. Girls, when I saw you reaching people from Asia, I said, there's not enough Asian people. Let's send it to a nation that doesn't believe in God. And let's watch what happens. And over a thousand have been baptized in the name of Jesus in a communist country because there's power. There's power in the gospel. I said, there's power in the gospel. Somebody shout, there's power in the gospel. You know what I say we do? We raise up preachers and send them to another nation. We raise up preachers, let's send them to another city. Let's raise up preachers, let's send them to another. Everybody deserves it. I preached hard tonight. I have preached like there's fire in me because there is. But I come to tell you right now, what's gonna get us to the other side and what's gonna get our family saved is gonna be the preaching of the Great Commission. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a part of this. When he speaks whatever he feels, the Holy Ghost is going to settle over your spirit. And I want you to respond to the word. Aren't we glad to have our missionary with us tonight, Brother Barsati? Hallelujah. I just want you to feel comfortable wherever you're at, however you want to do it. The altar, pace back and forth, kneel, uh, lay on the floor, whatever you want to do. This is a house of prayer. I do believe before you preach with the preacher, you've got to pray with the preacher. Before they ever stood behind Peter and said amen to the message, they were there preaching or they were praying with Peter. If there was a way to pray the prayer to bring in the harvest, we could give the words and you would know what to say. But there is no words. It's when it's deep within you that there is no words that come out. I asked somebody one time, they said they want their family saved. I said, how bad do you want them saved? They said, oh, I want my family saved so bad. I said, really, how bad do you want them saved? They said, I want them saved so bad. I said, you don't want it bad enough. When you want it so bad that words don't come out of your mouth, that's how bad you want it. Hallelujah, I don't have the words to tell you what to pray. You've just got to want it so bad. So bad, so bad, so bad. Oh God, oh God, we need a harvest. Oh God, there's got to be so saved. Loosen the intercessor. Loosen the intercessor. Oh, 
if I'm going to preach like Pastor Bounds, I've got to pray like Pastor Bounds. And we've heard those prayers. It was just, oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God, I want this so bad. I want to see them saved so bad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stop thinking. Let your spirit talk to God. Stop thinking. Stop trying to figure it out. Oh, God. It's got to be a work of the spirit. Oh, God, I don't feel it, but let me feel it. Oh, God, I'm not there yet, but let me be there. Give me the desire to groan. Give me the desire to travail. Come on, I want you to pray that. I want you to pray, God, give me the desire. I know what I should do. I know how I should pray. God, give me the desire to do it. Give me the desire. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Forget about dinner. Forget about tomorrow. Forget about what comes next. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is born of the flesh is the flesh. Oh God, we need spiritual results. It's got to come by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.